0: Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed, with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to Unsheathed, episode 75.
2: We are a podcast about furry writing. I am science fiction, Kyle Gold. And I am Kim Hirosaki, appreciating that we have an audience full of people who aren't cool enough to go to Rocky Horror. Yay! <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for... Being too school for cool? Yes. I like that. I stole it from Pink. I know. You can keep <laughs> it, though. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, but like, like Pink, we are fucking
1: perfect. Actually, oh. Absolutely. Uh, we'd like to welcome all of y'all out there in the audience give us a hand let us know you're there and uh and please give another hand to our special guests at this live show uh to my left we have zia mccorgie author of save the day yo
2: hi everybody
1: and to his left, we have Siani, author of Seen Spots, Beyond Hallowed Walls, Above Hallowed Walls, Around Hallowed Walls,
3: <laughs> 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 Underneath, <laughs> Hallowed, underneath Walls. Hallowed Walls. I'll, I'll probably use them for book titles eventually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, they are going to talk to you about their experiences writing novels. Uh, we are going to talk to you about our experiences writing and uh, eagles. And we're going to answer. <laughs> we're going to answer your questions.
2: I thought football was over, Kyle.
1: Not about football. You oh. have so much to learn.
2: <laughs> That's certainly true. Because I certainly don't learn my lessons.
1: No, no, no.
2: Not even the ones that life um, tries so hard to teach me. Our uh, our
1: beverages this evening have been supplied by uh, Siani, who brought us a. Central Coast Rabbit Ridge, Cabernet, Cabernet Sauvignon and for
2: comparison by the way, a uh, crime against
1: uh, nature, which is fine red wine blended with the taste of Dutch chocolate this is amazing. Oh. I, I've got to ask, is it really
4: fine red but wine? It, but yes it is not yes
1: really. it is really. But it is not recommended to mix it with orange
2: juice, apparently.) <laughs> <laughs> I did say speaking of speaking of the the Rabbit Ridge uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, in between the um, Australian wines that I had at the live show at uh, Further Confusion provided by T J Fulfin Temba Cougar, um, f- m- my editor Buck Turner provided me with a Rabbit Ridge Syrah, which was also really good. So, so was it a Shiraz and not a Syrah? Okay, Shiraz. and uh- semantics. <laughs>
1: And, and as we are in Texas, uh, I am drinking Dr. Pepper with Imperial Cane Sugar. No corn syrup. It's from
2: Dublin. I have not tried it. the one
1: in Ireland. I have not tried it yet, but I've been assured that it will both keep, give me a headache and uh, keep me awake for 24 hours. So, right. cheers, y'all.
2: Uh, being awake for 24 hours and having a headache sounds like a furry con to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, so, furry Furfus yes has been a blast so far. I can't believe it's only Friday. I know. I feel like I've been here for days already. You have been here for days already. I've been here for a day already. You got here yesterday
1: afternoon. Yeah. Day and apart. All right, like like 28 hours maybe? All right. All right. I've been here for a day, but um, I met a lot of people this morning at the sign-in. That was fun. We went to a book release party for Phil Goish, which was... Arranged by Fuzzwolf of Fur Planet Productions To celebrate his book, Resistant Arrest Which came out at this convention Yes, that was very fun, I was there It was cool uh, What else have you done? Well,
2: let's see, the, uh, the, um, <laughs> the bartender at the hotel bar remembered me mm-hmm. Awesome <laughs> <laughs> That, that made me feel good about myself, and uh, in honor of, uh, of of 30 Rock and Liz Lemon, my drink of choice has been Funky Juice, which, for those of you who don't watch the show, is white wine, ice cubes, and Sprite.
1: And the bartender knew this, so apparently it's not just you. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, we, we had to educate her first, but yeah.
1: Um, what else did you learn how to make? Cheesy Blasters? Cheesy Blasters, All yes. Right. I don't think I want to hear about that one. What have you guys been Take up to this convention, dog, it, over to our guests cheese. on the other side?
2: <laughs> Roll it in Pete. Um, yeah, well, first. I've
4: been sitting behind the Fur Planet table selling my book and uh, Phil's book and your books and uh, a lot of other books and comics. So I've been the sales corgi again.
1: <laughs> Which is awesome.
3: Over to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've been at a table right next to the Fur Planet table selling my books, selling hardcover comics, and
1: signing anything that anyone hands me for any reason. So there's your lesson, kids. Become a published author and spend all your conventions behind a table selling your book. Where you're awesome. In your own special way. Ah.
4: You're beautiful.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Don't, you, you need more wine. I won't. I think the, I think we only because can do the parody one. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Oh. Um, so,
2: writing projects. So, um... I've had some good progress on uh, Summerhill, and uh, yes, that's my that's my novel in progress. So for everyone for the last ten years who's bugged me to write a novel, can in about a year from now shut their mouth. Finally, um, no, um, come. <laughs> my 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 dude is tormenting me.
1: Uh, <laughs> KM for the purposes of this live show has a dude for yeah, those of you who can't see and are listening to this in the future. Hi, in the future.
2: Hello, the future in America. Now, um, <laughs>
3: I'm,
2: and I'm actually, uh, I've, my my imagination brain has been kicked into overdrive. I actually have a, a lot of really good ideas for stories I want to write. And uh, the only question about, you know, when I actually stop to write these is when I lose momentum on Summerhill, as it is, is whenever I go out to write, it's like, oh, I have this and this and this and this to to get through and uh it's good to to be like internally motivated for a change instead of just being externally motivated which is cool it's a great place to be it is a good place to be otherwise i just have like kit look at me shamefully and until i'm just like guilted into writing
1: yes which doesn't always work either no um, yeah, I finished earlier this week, actually. My, my goal had been to finish a draft of my next novel before I came to Furry Fiesta, and I finished it on Monday, and then I finished it again on Tuesday. Um, and I'll probably finish it on Monday one more time. Uh, I just I keep having ideas. The beginning is so different now from what I started out, but actually it might end up being two novels, which I've said before. But anyway, this is my 1815 alternate history magic fox Set of novels, which is going to be a lot of fun, uh, at least for me. Uh, I've also been working on a uh, very porny little story. Which uh, what did we? What did I calculate?
2: Uh, you said you had nine scenes in it. Nine. Yeah. In yeah. Eighteen thousand words. So. Yeah. So that's that's a sex scene every two thousand words. Which um, for those of you who don't know how much two thousand words is, read the story when he's done, and you'll see exactly how long. Yes, yeah, so you, you, you can count. <laughs> Like wow, are they having sex again? Is he having sex with somebody else again already? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> you know, I really want to meet you. Know you too this. Well. <laughs> and yes, I do. <laughs> yes, you do.
1: Um. And uh, what else have i been working on? I've been mostly um, trying to put together other ideas for for stories. I'm trying to put together some ebook stuff. I put Bridges up on uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble stores earlier this week. People seem to be pretty excited about that. We included the uh, bonus story that I wrote for it. Uh, I finished the hardcover layout for the out-of-position hardcover. This is the first book. We're doing a re-release in hardcover this spring, and it's going to include the bonus story that I wrote for that book um there's a new little piece of chapter head art for it which was really cool um and so you know when i haven't been writing stuff i've been really busy with a ton of other projects it's enough to keep uh fox's paws all uh occupied uh and also i have a i have a uh, km has a dude and i have a new i have a new mascot uh courtesy of siani he is zorua is that how it's pronounced we can go with that. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you information to KM pronounce speak Japanese. Yeah, I do.
2: That's true. Would it be Zorua or Zorua? Zorua, yeah. Zorua? Okay. Yeah.
1: Ah, I was close. And uh,
2: I, got, I got an Oshawa, which I accidentally left in my room because I got it several oh. hours ago. And But you have a dude. I do have a dude who is not an Oshawa. It's a tiger. If you had an, an Oshawa,
1: a... you could sit on the turntable there and spin. Oh, <laughs> that would be
2: awesome. But I am, however, wearing my Dr. Leo Spichemin t-shirt a
1: fine doctor and a pretty good dentist <laughs> in case you can't read yeah. um and a that's already badge. two 30 rock references in one show oh, and we're I only know. like five minutes in well three if you count the cheesy blasters separate from the funky juice I think all alcohol related 30 <laughs> rock references can be grouped under one umbrella <laughs> reference well cheesy <laughs> purposes of this cheesy show cheesy blasters are a food CEO <laughs> <laughs> what
3: have you been writing <laughs> well thanks um, meat well <laughs>
4: I've been working on trying to get a story done for Siani's collection, which I've been taking forever with because I'm trying to edit it and uh, keep not, you know, doing that. And Siani keeps giving me the fish eye and wants to murder me for that. We'll work on that. You can feel the hate through the recording. Yes, yes I can. I can feel the hate. And
1: it feels like
3: sunlight and puppies.
1: So Siani, you're you're actually... um, You're actually getting a taste of being an editor as well as a writer. Yeah, this is a level of purgatory I didn't know existed. Oh yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Glad to help. <sighs> Glad to help at all at all costs. So, so tell us, yes, tell us about some of the challenges there. I think had we, uh, I think when X came out, we weren't doing the show, so I didn't talk about any. No, of No, it was my actually
2: like a couple of months before we started. Yeah,
1: I didn't talk about any of my editing experiences. So, so I can talk you, about my. Purgatory why don't you share some wisdom? Does? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll sympathize uh, from over here.
3: Okay, uh, well. I figured it would be like herding cats, Uh-huh. rather than herding cats that all live in a 6,000 mile stretch, Yes, and all live in different time zones, and all have been drinking
1: Imperial Cane Sugar Dr.
3: Pepper, <laughs> or just Kobe's Months of Alcohol, and tea. it's like, I can get that to you in a week, are you sure about that, no, <laughs> well it's been two months, well I'll get it to you in a week, I never promised
1: that, No, 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 this isn't,
4: I just. Saying, he, I didn't. promise actually, is, I said it would take me a while. Was, actually, it was funny. I was, about, I was about to ask. A very if he good rule of
1: being an editor, which is that when you talk about authors, you never name
2: names no, no, no. unless it, it's
1: something good.
2: The, the funny thing is, I was about to ask if it was who I thought it was, and then that person waved from the audience, so I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> if I will not, we name, will not names. name
3: names, you are correct.
1: Um, so how, how do you feel as a writer? I mean, do you feel like. Are you imposing unreasonable deadlines on other writers? Do you feel like you've gone to the other side and become the enemy?
3: I'm going to go with no, <laughs> but only because there wasn't really a deadline at first. It was the get me to this, get get this to me as soon as possible. Okay. And then about nine months passed and I was like, you need this to, you need this to be in my hand within x date
1: so you've you've learned another rule of being an editor which is firm deadlines yes oh my god yes (laughs) lie about your deadlines yes also firm deadlines that are actually like a month before your actual deadlines yeah yeah or two months if you can do that yeah (laughs) so clarify for everyone be like scotty in star trek and you'll be good oh my god um so, are you actually writing anything, or are you just or are you mostly working on trying to get this anthology together? That's that's my
3: main project right now. I'm also working on a couple of short story collections. Cool. In that, every time I'm, I want them all to ha- be thematic. And the problem is, I can't get enough in the same theme to put together because half of them will piss me off enough that I don't want them anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm I'm uh, working on a new book set in the uh, same universe as the Hallowed Walls books.
1: What's it going to be called?
3: <laughs> Perpendicular <laughs> Hallowed Walls. You are a bastard. <laughs> it has nothing to do with them at all. Antithetical to okay. the Hallowed Walls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get all
1: metaphysical with our uh, prepositions. Maybe maybe it'll be the start of a new series. It'll be like the ha- above Hallowed Roof,
3: maybe. <laughs> Shred- low hallowed floor. Schrodinger's basement. Around
1: hallowed window. <laughs>
2: That's right. one nice window. Yeah, it's hallowed. What else do we have to <laughs> ask these guys
1: <laughs> since they're on the show?
2: <sighs> since they're on the show, um, how badly do we want to embarrass them? I mean, Oh, sky's the limit. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to remember how I made Zia turn red last year at first. Oh, you just Fiesta. had to look at me. Oh, I turned I, red. I, I remember.
4: Yeah, it was actually working on the story for Siani.
3: Yeah. So oh, that's, I that's to get that right. Thing done. Yeah.
1: That's right because I remember what you were looking at for that story.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> do, do you, in fact, see what he did there? Yeah, yeah, I kind of did see what he did there. He is turning a nice shade of red too. Yes, I am. He's matching the wine for those of you
4: exactly. For those of you at home, it's I am turning a very lovely shade of red, I'm sure.
1: Um, so, we've, we've talked about our writing experiences on this podcast, and you guys each have written novels. Um, just sort of briefly talk about what was, what was the thing that surprised you most in a negative way and in a positive way about writing your novel, your your latest novel.
3: Okay. Uh by the because the latest one is my uh, fifth one, right? That in because it's a the th- it was the third book in a trilogy, the getting everything to match up, which involved me having copies of the other books on the table and the doc and the final draft documents up on my computer and constantly looking back at them and having to pr- change stuff almost every time I looked at it just to make sure everything synced up right. Mm hmm the uh, a positive would be that i i draft and edit so much faster than i did before where i did you know three or four revi- full revisions in the
1: course of a week mm-hmm. where at first book it took me 3 months yeah and i think one of the things about revision we always recommend that of course people get in the habit of doing it but it's like any other skill the more you use it the better you get at it. The more certain patterns start to become natural and you start to recognize these flaws that you put into your first drafts. And we all have them. We all have these things that we do. Um, KM has a bunch of things he, I, he teases me about. I have a bunch of things I tease him about in our first drafts that are just sort of little signature things. Um, like,
2: I use a couple all the time. Apparently, um, apparently starting to makes Kyle want to punch me. No. Um, oh, this tube. That's yeah. That's that's too. That or makes not him want to punch me. Um, your comma, then comma. No, I'm aware of my comma then comma. <laughs> I'm I'm like hyper aware of this. That like whenever I use the word then, I stop and I'm like, this isn't a comma then comma construction, is it? And I have to like reread the sentence. <laughs> and if it is, I like flagellate myself. I've made you paranoid. Yes. <laughs> like me with eagles. <laughs> okay. Like seriously. Like you've been mentioning eagles all day. I'm I'm going to derail the podcast and make you explain this it's all foosball's fault if you're a regular listener it's not to the the podcast, a fault. lot of
3: things are foosball's fault
4: <laughs> no that's <laughs> not foosball's fault now they have allowed well done, the air sir. attack <clears throat>
1: oh but, snap um since yeah, they got rid of donovan McNabb, but uh the uh he michael vick
2: cost me my fantasy season he
1: mentioned to me casually uh, a f- couple weeks ago that um mongols used to hunt foxes with eagles and I said, wow, interesting historical fact, filed it away. Um, somebody tweeted a picture of an eagle pulling a fox away from a kill, which is, it has made the rounds. It's on Snopes. And then Snopes has a link to, you know, we know that an eagle is a match for a fox. So I would click on that. And apparently people still do use eagles to hunt foxes. And it's kind of frightening. Um, so I, did a, I looked at a couple of these, and then I started looking at other eagles videos and in mongolia they also use eagles to hunt wolves what yes no Yes. like baby wolves no what like giant like giant wolves wolves.
2: nobody tells sarah palin this
1: oh my god (laughs) It it is if go go look up a video of like eagles eagles killing wolves or something and they it's a it's like this seven minute long documentary they send the eagle out and they, they have this video and the wolf's running and the eagle just like plows into it and knocks it down and then the wolf, it takes two for a wolf and the wolf gets up and starts running but at that point he's slow and the second eagle plows into him and then the first one comes over and helps and then they have a wolf and, but <laughs> oh god a hawk got her <laughs> <laughs> that's four uh, so I started having this conversation about how the, the foxes needed to get uh, like weasels to ride on their shoulders with spears to defend against the the huh. Eagles. And um, it's just really the, these videos can you, are Can I, you get you to draw on that? I was I I, I probably could. Yeah. We'll we'll try it again to listen to the podcast and we'll see if he'll do it.
2: Let's um, just make fun of Atlanta some more.
1: But I was trying to uh, you mean the ATL? <laughs> Hotlanta. <laughs> Hotlanta. Oh my god.
3: <laughs> we, we only produce um, a stab town here.
1: So I, I was I was trying to look up I was trying to look up videos of, like, foxes killing eagles, because I thought maybe somebody caught that somewhere, and I could look at that, and it would make me feel better, but there aren't any. But I did find another video. How would that make you feel better? Oh, my God. <laughs> Revenge. I, I, it probably wouldn't. I just wanted to see if it was out there. Um, you know, equal, equal time. But I did find a video of eagles killing mountain goats. <laughs> Which they do. This is, I tweeted a link to this one, and it was like, eagles are bastards or something like this. So they have these mountain goats which are up on the cliffs, and the eagles just, like, come at them, grab them, drag them off the cliff, and drop them. <laughs> so, is this, like, a regular eagle or, like, a plus-two eagle of beast slaying? <laughs> like what the hell is
3: this thing? This
1: is a freaking terrifying eagle i think this it is, is just
3: real. normal eagle and then when they get more evil is when they like snatch babies okay
1: so the that eagle's got your baby the the funniest slash the eagle the funniest slash scariest part of this whole thing which actually um foosball did not know despite the fact that he lives in england is that people in england in order to get around the laws that forbid them to hunt foxes with hounds have started importing eagles to england to hunt foxes with <laughs> and so i said i wanted to see some like drunk guy on dover get dragged off and dropped by an eagle somewhere because i think that would just make my day
2: <laughs>
1: oh dover <laughs> little puffs of white as he hit all the way down oh southeastern england <laughs> um so that's, that's the deal with eagles. They're terrifying, death from above. Um, if uh, if you go uh, foosball... He didn't get her to do it. Tons and Lick drew a little cartoon now of an anthro fox being chased by an eagle, which was, at the same time, hilarious and terrifying. So
2: <laughs> That is the
1: deal with eagles. They are bastards. And that is all. <laughs> what is it? It's the... And I now have to write a story in which, like, the villain is an eagle, and eventually gets killed oh that was the other thing so there was a story about a fox in in england i told you this is, goes on for like five or ten minutes i to talk about these foxes and eagles it's things. certainly entertaining um there's this <laughs> fox in england that uh got into a high-rise that was under construction and he got up to like 72nd floor running up the stairwell and was lived for two weeks off little scraps left by construction workers and all that and so Fusmoll sends me the story, and the first thing I said was, "Oh, he was looking to get the drop on an eagle, <laughs> see how they like it." And he was like, "That's what I wanted to tell you." <laughs> so it was uh, it, everything relates back to that. Now. What is it?
2: The perverse and often baffling the per- behaviors yes, of the eagles. Perverse
1: and often baffling. Um, so that is my that is my rant about eagles. So if you see eagle villains start to turn up in my stories, now you know the rest of the story. So like,
2: like are, are, what if what if they're like griffins? Can we basically see them as like you know? Like stand-ins for eagles.
1: Griffins are okay because they wouldn't let someone use them to hunt other things.
2: Oh, because they're too like They up might on still themselves. be bastards. They're too noble oh, yeah. and majestic. <laughs> but they're right. bastards on their own behalf and not but someone else's. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference between Darth Vader and the Emperor, then. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our Star Wars reference. Good night, everybody.
1: That's only one. We've, we're only at one. Um, so, anyway. Was that, was that sufficient response now? Uh, Did we get? Unless you have more fuel in that furnace to keep going. No, no, no. I got, I, I got tired of looking at the YouTube videos, and I didn't want to link people to them because I didn't nobody want gets them to tired so of YouTube. Don't, don't talk nonsense. I didn't get tired of YouTube. I just got tired of those videos. Uh, people see, do get
4: tired of individual videos on YouTube. See, I thought this was all Siani's fault because this uh, Zoru looks like a fox, and uh, I heard someone say something about it taking on Neagle, an eagle, and that's oh yeah how when he gave came from. so
1: Siani gave me the Zor, zor Zorua Zorua this morning and so I said the first thing I wanted to know about him was could he take an eagle <laughs> and uh, our resident Pokemon, our resident expert, Pokemon expert made Pokemon a poor joke
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, said what was it his breviary a breviary
2: his breviary could eat the Zorua a Breviary
1: could take the, the Zorua he said I don't know if he said eat uh, I thought he said eat I don't think I don't know if he did well it's in Twitter we can figure it out so Zia talk to us about your novel what oh. were the challenges in writing that did any eagles try to steal your manuscript or like rip your spine out <laughs> well I am a corgi
4: so I was danger from a horned owl once
1: Oh but, yeah, they're, those they're, things are huge oh my god they're bastards too owls
2: owls are terrifying birds. yeah they are
1: because they actually they don't make noise
2: so they're no. just suddenly like they're there yeah, yeah. Yes, oh they're you're there, dead and you're yeah. gone yeah. <laughs> Also, they can turn their head around like 190 degrees. (laughs) Yes. What what the fuck kind of evolutionary (laughs) adaptation is that? (laughs) The kind that scares you,
1: obviously. Otters, I swear. They're actually better at three dimensional echolocating than uh, any other
2: animal, except uh, (sighs) humans are pretty good at it, too. Like, the only thing more terrifying than, like, an owl would be, like, an owl with makeup done up like a clown. (laughs) Or. Or no no no, no 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 alone? no 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 not how not a
3: clown a, a juggalo.
1: Eagle? a silent eagle that can turn its head around 190 degrees.
4: Now
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with juggalo horned owl. As I think I've rendered can ever him and, the, and they hunt again. otters and they, not because they, they, they want to eat them but just because they're mean. I specifically <laughs> did
1: not look up eagles hunting otters in YouTube.
2: Oh, I would hate to hear the sound an otter makes when it gets grasped from the talons of a prey of mm. a, a predatory <laughs> bird. <laughs> why do
3: you know that get off of my show I know it because I'm a,
2: I'm a corgi uh-huh. <laughs> no get... <laughs> just talk about your book I'm Sorry, drinking so my good. wine now and crying to myself for the next two minutes <laughs> see
4: <laughs> so now that I've got control of the microphone again hi Um. yeah I, get, I think the biggest challenge for my book. Gonna... <laughs> Wait, oh, that's what we're still talking about. i'm trying. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it kind of is. Yes. So the biggest challenge for my book was um, kind of shocked that anyone actually wanted to read it. Um, no, seriously, I didn't think anyone would want to read this thing. I just started writing it um, for the heck of it and uh, trying to improve my writing skills, and somehow it became a book. So that was kind of a shocker for
3: me. Um, it's all Siani's fault.
4: Yeah. yeah. I-
3: Gonna blame him. Well, that's fine because you were sending me like r- early drafts and like early yeah. stories. Yeah. Like you realize everyone will want to read these, and you're like, no, no,
4: they. do No, don't. I, I thought they wouldn't. I just was po- posting them on my live journal on Furrag uh, to ask people to tell me how to improve my grammar. So shocker. So what, uh, what was the hardest thing about the book? Well, I think that the hardest thing to overcome was the idea that people would want to read it but um okay well, i was the- counting
2: that as the positive surprise <clears throat> that oh, people yeah, were interested yeah. in
4: it okay yeah that's
2: true yeah tell us the sad part that's what i'm interested in um, yes he's oh, stuck for an ending somehow so many Hill. things you're interested in <laughs> anyway um
4: <laughs> don't okay. do this to me, Kyle <laughs> <laughs> god damn it <laughs>
2: you son of a bitch
4: yeah um okay so gee. Uh, I think the hardest thing for me was just sitting down and doing it. Um, I had a lot of ideas in my head, and I threw out a lot of it just because I wasn't happy with it. And uh, Tiran, who was my editor-at-large and the guy who was really helping me get this thing done, did a lot of help there, too. And it was, just, it was just hard getting everything straight in my head on what I wanted to say with what characters. And I had to cut out a lot of extra junk to uh, get down to the behemoth that my novel remains today. It's
2: seriously oversized at this point. Still, it's like one and a half isolation plays. <clears throat> wow, is it really? Yeah, it's yeah. like over two hundred thousand words. I think. Oh, yeah, okay. two hundred fifty thousand. So, <laughs> Whoa, so it's
4: yeah. So, um, in case wow. anyone's curious, though, isolation play the hardcover, which. They're going to be selling tomorrow for Planet to, for Planet's table. Um, really, yeah, that's
1: could, only use to people that are sitting in the audience. Yes, I know. At, people at home are going to be like, "Damn, we missed it." Yeah, sorry, people at home. <laughs> was well, I'm in Texas? Sales, I yeah. have to,
4: I have to, you know, say something about for, for Planet selling and its special bargains. Um, yeah, you could actually bludgeon someone pretty hardcore with that isolation play, and I'm pretty proud of that. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I feel a nice heft with this book. The
1: amusing thing is that the soft cover is only like a few ounces lighter.
3: Yeah, it's not yeah, but you don't get the feeling with the soft cover that you could kill a man with it.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure I could. I'm not denying that, but that no. hard
3: cover, just, it feels like if you hit someone on the side of the head, they will not get back
1: up. Depends on how you've been trained. <coughs> That's true. Yeah. That's or true. if there's an eagle on the cover. <laughs>
2: well, you know, I think eagles if an eagle are... eagle
1: dropped a yeah.
2: copy of Isolation Plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, like I want this to be on, like, the Mensa test. Like, if an eagle is swooping down at a 37-degree angle and drops a, like, 2.1-pound okay. copy... One eagle drops a mountain goat
1: off of a cliff at 120 miles an hour. Get off eugenics,
2: past. And um, if Zia McCorgie is reading a copy of *Isolation* play while at the at the bottom of the white cliffs of Dover, (laughs) and he can read like 203 words per minute,
1: how many pages can he read before the copy that the eagle drops lands on him?
2: (laughs) And the answer to that is up to you. The answer to that is, math is dumb. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. There's a reason we're all writers.
4: I'm, I'm pretty yes. sure, though, that if, uh, if Confused wanted to, um, he could probably take someone out with bridges.
1: Pretty sure. Um, all right, well, we've talked for a while about subjects both relevant and very non. Um, what questions do you guys have? What do you want to hear us talk about for the next uh, What five minutes left? something like that <laughs> okay yeah they can't be about eagles everybody you only get one it certainly can be about eagles Aw, you're not the boss of the podcast
4: how many calories there are i know of my, a short the z- my short legs my short legs stop me from becoming
1: the leader <laughs> i just wiggle helplessly how many pounds can an unladen eagle carry hi <laughs> yeah. sorry it was cheap
4: uh i didn't know you were drawing something yeah that that's that's
2: all on me, oh I see <laughs> oh, oh you, she, huh? uh, the the can you can, can can you can you draw the seventh okay. doctor as a jackal because <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sylvester McCoy would totally be a jackal can you draw, no, no, can, you draw
1: to... <clears throat> can you draw the master as an eagle yeah. <laughs> and it's all gone full, circle. oh my now. God, I can see that, and that's yeah, terrifying because yeah. I know you don't even watch
4: the damn show. Yeah, David Tennant would be a fox. I could definitely say that. But I, I say Sylvester McCoy would be a rat, personally. I, I He's my favorite, so I say rat. So, okay. What, So okay, what are you drawing, then? So okay, um, fine. Um, I want you to draw a... Don't worry, I'm only glaring at her. I want you to draw a martial arts
2: wallaby. There. Okay. All right. And make sure nobody mistakes it for a kangaroo or you're fired. Or a rabbit. <laughs> which, which martial art?
1: Oh,
4: that's easy. Um... I, I would like I would like Kaiapora. What?
2: <laughs> I, I, I think no, it's um, pronounced Capoeira.
4: Ka- Unless okay. you're talking about
2: Kaiapora Gaibora, the um, the talking owl from uh, Ocarina of Time. That is frightening. But no, okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a Star Wars, a Zelda,
3: and a Doctor Who reference in ten minutes. Yeah, that was wow, impressive. dude. I already earned question.
2: that reference.
4: <laughs> you kind of did. Okay, um, Akito. There, Akito. Can you do Akito? No. Okay. Wiley Farrell can do aikido. Yes, he can. Hmm. My th- my art history teacher was a Kayapura master before she became an art history teacher.
1: No, do Capoeira. him in a fine. in a martial arts robe with a black belt. Wallaby or? No, no, no. The master, master as an eagle. His martial arts wallaby is separate. Yes. Okay. Yes, they do, and they're adorable. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask now. Who else has a question out there in the audience? Oh, Joy. Right up here, up front.
2: Save the Day was a really awesome book. I ate it up, and I've been bugging you about a sequel. Can you give us an idea what it might be about, and will there be any equine characters in it? Okay. Actually, I
4: can say definitively, yes, there will be an equine character, as long as Tyrion doesn't cut him out. But that's... (laughs) So give that a 24% chance of that. Um... I am working on the sequel, um, the real sequel. First, I'm also working on a collection of short stories. Um, The sequel itself will be set in St. Louis and will be dealing with two brothers. Um, So actually, I'm going to say there aren't many characters from Save the Day who are going to reappear in it, except for the ones who do. And uh yeah.
3: We'll just go with that. That, uh, that is a true writer answer.
4: <clears throat> yeah, well I'm sorry, but I can't tell what these guys are gonna do at this point. It's kinda crazy. It's a murder mystery and uh they're all doing crazy things and there's a taser and a frisbee at one point. And um Yeah. Yeah, ta- a frisbee a Frisbee taser. Together uh, a frizzer, at last, if you will. Um a Fraser. A Fraser? Yeah. A Fraser, yeah. <laughs> no no, it's it's Fraser. Uh, and I I'm should Jennifer. know I'm, I'm Fraser. <laughs>
2: Well, there five. we go. Yes. Best friends so, I yeah, that's, friends uh,
4: that's the best answer I can give at the moment without really, really painting myself into a corner. No one hold this against me. Next. Yeah.
3: Zia, were you aware that a wallaby is basically a tiny kangaroo with a bigger ass? Okay.
4: Yes. Yes, I was. In other words, baby got back.
3: Will Peacemaker <laughs> Aikido using wallaby be in your next book?
4: Um, I'm hoping he's, he's going to be in the collection of short stories, actually. He's a supervillain, so there we go
2: yeah. is his name wallaby darned no no but that uh, would be awesome if it was oh my you god it should be yeah. you're welcome I want one set per copy no What <sighs> <That questions>. bitch
1: <laughs> <laughs> not time yet
2: oh did I jump the gun yes come on I
1: told you guys to come prepared
2: with questions oh here we there's go a there's a guy guy oh. oh. b can be on deck if B-Hop wants to get into like question-asking position. B-Hop,
1: check into the scores table. <laughs> As n- niche writers, what kind of demand have you seen for e-books? Oh, e-books. I think I am the... You're the furry e-book master. I am the only one? Do you guys have e-books up of your things?
4: I, I, I don't have an e-book up yet because uh, I don't trust them.
1: Um,
3: my, my publisher from the audience is shaking. He said, no, so <laughs> it's apparently a no.
1: Um, so I, I've been doing a lot of, um, experiment with eBooks and the various markets. Um, a couple, uh, a couple of interesting things. Demand for the eBooks has been surprisingly steady. Uh, I saw particularly a jump this January because I believe this Christmas was finally a tipping point where a lot of people started to get Kindles as gifts, give Kindles as gifts to other people. Really, when I put them up, I thought they would be kind of a novelty. And I certainly didn't think that the demand would be as steady as it's been. And it's it's been relatively steady. It's gone up a little. It's started going up somewhat in the last few, four to six months. And again, the more titles you put up, the more likely it is that someone will be looking for one specific title, will find it, and then we'll find other ones. So I think that... You know, From my personal perspective, the market kind of builds on itself. Um, I recently had a couple reviews of Out of Position and Isolation play in a, I, I kind of want to say mainstream gay romance site, although I'm not sure what mainstream gay romance is. Yep. Mainstream gay but, is kind of, yeah. Um, non-furry gay romance site. Comparative. And one of the things, I, I, I had a lot of back and forth with the reviewer about a couple things. And one of the things he said was everybody was asking about when is there going to be an ebook of isolation play? And I've heard that more in the last month than I think I've heard for all of my books combined in the past year. And one of the things that he said to me is the romance market, and I don't know if the gay romance market specifically, but romance books are like the biggest ebook market. Out there right now, um, they're <clears throat> Partly, I think it's because of the nature of the material, because people don't necessarily want to be seen reading, you know, romance books. But you can read your Kindle, and nobody knows what you got like, up. You don't, you don't want
2: people to know how sad
1: and desperate you are. Oh yeah. no! Oh, hey.
3: I, well, I would agree with that entirely. Not my
1: readers. <laughs> my readers are educated and informed. <laughs> mine aren't. And happy. <laughs>
3: well, I, I would agree with that because you can on the kindle and also the fact that you can get you know gay romances on adult gay romances on the kindle for three or four dollars in mass
1: yeah and and people who consume people who read romances tend to read them avidly and in that way on mass so you could you don't have to wait when you finish a romance you don't have to wait to go to the store to get another one you could just download it right there so i think that genre in particular is popular, but I also think kind of the same thing applies to furry books. Um a lot of the same things that I hear about romances, gay romances and all that, I mean a lot of people have said they don't want to read my books in public, not because of the content, because there's nothing, you know, particularly bad on the cover, but just because it's furry on the cover and they don't want to be asked about reading a furry book. It's not so much that it's a romance or that it's a gay romance or, you know, whatever. Um, Although I was told that uh, by somebody at this convention um, that if you are reading Isolation Play, the hardcover, which is larger, on an airplane uh, and you happen to be facing the aisle sitting on the left side of the plane, when you open the book, the illustrations are all on the left side and they will be clearly visible to anyone walking down the aisle (laughs) See? Uh, so read that page quickly.
3: <laughs> I just don't read your books in public because of the... Invariably, if someone picks it up, they will find the one pornographic picture
1: in the book and flip purely to that page. Well, so this is funny. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, I think I, I might have. But I was showing the hardcover off to a friend of mine who's not a furry, but um, we used to work together, and so I wasn't talking about my this was two or three jobs ago and I've stayed in touch with her but I've, I hadn't started talking about my other hobby and life and all that And but eventually I talked more and more about writing and she was curious and she's very open-minded and all so um, your giftacular excellence she figured she figured it out and she was kind of excited about the, uh, the the books and all so I brought the hardcover to show her and started to hand it across to her and then pulled it back and I was like oh wait uh, and she's like oh you don't have to and I'm like no 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 I want to show you Just there's like two pages in here that I don't think I want to see you see <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and that was fine and I showed her some of the rest of the book and that was the end of it but I know her and so at the end of the meal the book was still sort of sitting on the table and I said okay I'm going to run to the bathroom I know you're curious the book is here when I come back I don't have to know what happened (laughs) while I was gone if you don't want to talk about it, if you don't want to look at it, if you do want to look at it, I don't need to know. Uh, I came back, and the first thing she said as I sat down was, Oh, those weren't so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Ah, all right. So, but to get back to your question, amazingly, that was not the most digression we've had on the podcast today um but <laughs> that was a sound bite by
2: the way oh yeah, yeah little, i was going to say that squeal. The, the, the squeal of uh, yes squeal raptorial of water, pain yeah. raptorial
1: terror yes ornithophobia
2: raptorial agony ornithophobia we <laughs> has it we has it yes <laughs> oh like, we actually, does it should
1: be um ah uh, got yes fear of water from the no, no, no. Not aquaphobia oh, from the latin oh. aquila, oh. aquila okay, meaning yeah, that eagle makes more sense. which Technically, it should be from the
2: Greek for eagle, but I don't know what that is. So uh, I, I know that when you get to the constellation Aquila, it has already become Latin. Right. Like when you have an Aquiline nose. Yes. Like Kaiser. Yes. You know, i been and Aquila in uh, at the Palio races in Siena
1: is the uh. quarter of the eagle. Anyway. Um, the, 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 there's your I divergent think that was, so, that, that level was so many the levels weekend. of language nerd that I'm so, not even keeping up anymore. So the way, so the way that I see ebooks going in brief, um, I think they have a great appeal for niche markets, romance, uh, furry books, and other, th- either sort of quick consume things or things that people feel self conscious about showing off in public. Uh, I've had people say, "I love the fact that I can read your books on the Kindle in the living room with my family," and. You know they don't have to know. Uh, <laughs> Mom, Dad, can I go to my room now?
2: <clears throat> anyway, but that boy sure does have to go to the bathroom an awful lot
3: tonight.
2: <laughs> 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 wah, wah. Oh. Yeah, you were all thinking it. Um, yeah, we kind of were. The way that
1: the way that I, I think things are going, and the way that I see things going, and I actually read a lot of, of the trades about this, is. As people get used to reading their sort of niche stuff on the e-reader, they're going to figure out that, oh, hey, that new bestseller that just came out, I can read that on my e-reader too. And all these other books that I want to read, it's just a couple clicks away. It's often cheaper to get the e-version. And then I have my whole library on the Kindle. And it's not even like it's on a hard disk because if you lose your Kindle, you can just buy a new one and re-download everything. So it becomes, it, it's sort of like you have to have that reason to adopt it. Because for the longest time, I didn't have one. Even though I was putting my books up, I didn't have an e-reader. Um, so I was just like, you know, I like books and I don't have a compelling reason. But now that I have one, I'm like, oh, I can buy this on Kindle. There was a, an author that I'm following on LiveJournal and she was getting a bunch of good reviews of her book. And I thought, oh, that book would be interesting. Went on to Amazon, bang, Kindle it's on my reader now and it's yeah it's just so easy i have signed i've signed one kindle and one kindle case i tried to sign a kindle today but my paint pen exploded
2: it kerploded yeah i saw the aftermath it went
1: yeah it's it's pretty tragic and terrifying
2: not in an eagle way it was it was messier than after somebody had finished reading bridges Oh, unfortunate. Messier than a gold so fox. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't read Bridges. So there's, there's so, so many, many things I could see.
1: If request say uh,
4: enough times for our books to show up in ebooks, they might
1: just. But you have uh, to ask. I will say that the process, I've, I've sort of half documented the process and I've complained about it a lot. The process for an individual person to put their books up online for sale has gotten streamlined in some cases. Amazon and Barnes & Noble are between them probably like 90 to 95% of the market. I mean there was a there was an article that I think we talked about on the show that people with iPads more of them get their books from Amazon's Kindle store than from the iBook store. <laughs> so Amazon and Barnes & Noble very easy to upload stuff. Um, the other ones all have these technological barriers that make it tedious or impossible or difficult. Um, to upload to the iBook store, you have to have a Mac running the like 10.5 Mac OS because the DRM encoding is in that operating system. And you cannot do it with a PC. You cannot do it with an older Mac. And it's just a pain. Um, Kobo, I'm not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> Google has its own issues also, which is surprising because they're usually pretty easy. But um, there was just a thing this morning, actually. Google Books is going to start selling directly through the Android market. So that should be interesting to see. That's kind of the next step. But See, if you cut out the middleman, anyway, you make your job a lot easier. Just talking about there's all these different platforms. So really your best bet is to find a publisher or someone who can take care of putting the book up onto all the different platforms if you're an author trying to get your book up there. Unless you want to spend a lot of time doing conversion or you have a very limited number of titles to put up. But I do think it's well worth it to get your books out there in ebook form. There's a demand form. Should we move on to Mr. Sorry, Hopper? <laughs> <laughs> You've been so patient, it was a long. It was a long wait for a timeout, but we <laughs> finally <laughs> got one. It's perfectly all right. Perfectly all right. Uh, what's
2: what, what, what's, what's b three fr- free probe centers right now? I'm sorry. What what is what is B-hop's, uh free throw percentage right now? Free throw. Perc- oh, right, for this year? Yeah, I think 88. Wow, damn.
0: He's he's, oh, he's he's very good at the line. He's very good at the line. It's great when you be able to make your own stats. You know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> he, knew you,
0: he knew you'd know that. <laughs> so uh, so Mello. No. Uh, the I. Last, uh, for uh, the confusion, you uh, you were uh, participating in a, a panel, a storytelling panel uh, that yes. I attended, and uh, and something coming out of that that uh, really grabbed me, and I wanted to um, ask you about it. I thought this was uh, it was just kind of something that really uh, uh, made me think about um, how I've developed my own storytelling, how with the F.B.A. and with everything else, and maybe you can give me some perspective on it. Um, one of the the thing that had come up in that uh, panel was this idea of um, uh, how Gay relationships are viewed in the world of the story, and I think the thing is that uh, someone had expressed how they didn't like how the idea of, of of a world where gay relationships were completely accepted and totally warm and nobody cared about it. And it's, I found that really striking because I mean I made a decision very early on when I made the FBA that yeah that that was something I didn't that I would just leave alone i will uh, it's going to be a world where that nobody's going to care about that and everyone's free to do whatever they want and in my mind it was more for the opportunity to say you know I, I, being a, a sports world i wanted to just make sure it was uh, it, basically i didn't want to make it an issue i didn't want it to be something that would uh, come up and interfere with you know f- free throw stats it's all about the game it's all about right. the game exactly exactly um, but it hadn't dawned on me until that uh, until that panel that uh, maybe there was something offensive or irresponsible about having a world that was like that. Maybe that was being not uh, respectful of something that uh, was important to, you know, I, I'm sure it's no secret to you that, you know, I, I, I read out of position because it's a sports book, not, not because it was a gay book. And you, uh,
1: You're not the only one. I had somebody who was like, man, I just love those football scenes in isolation play. <laughs> that, kept wanting the football to go on and on <laughs> <laughs> what, what was
2: Kinket's reaction again <laughs> whoever oh, fo-
3: footballs the hardest wins the yeah, football
1: this was back when back when they were illustrating out of position uh, Ken Kett was reading the book and on the way back from some trip or another and it was football season and she said, I read your book, and it made me really excited about the game of football. And then we landed at the airport, and there was football on television. So I, watched, I was all excited to watch it, and I sat down and started to watch it. And I discovered that the game is really dull and boring, and your book
2: is full of lies.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Which just goes to show brava. that even part of Bloch can be wrong. And I was like,
0: that's because they weren't furry. So you mentioned basketball, right? Oh, of course. Good. Okay, good.
2: Well, no, um nobody can prove anything to to address the point at hand um most of my own fiction falls into either like contemporary or like near future settings or it's outright science fiction and i like to think that any sufficiently advanced society would come to the realization would no No. (laughs) wow you went there thanks kyle yeah well
1: you started the construction so so according it. to
2: Kyle gay people are magic wait no um <laughs> no uh, I, I, I my fox is magic yes he is S- stop stop it uh, <laughs> I, I would like to assume that anywhere that like got to where we are as a society now if we look forward you know 20 50 years from now it would be a non issue to uh, to you know us and then beyond that it would just be something that people would take for granted like hey some people are gay. All right, whatever. Um, I don't think that it's a disservice to write in a setting where it's not a big deal. In fact, I think that, you know, it's sort of like the Gene Roddenberry approach, like where when he wrote, you know, Star Trek, it's like, you know, like, in the future i like to think that you know like race and gender and sexuality just aren't going to be issues anymore and you know he was writing that during the 60s and at the time that was a really big deal and that did that ruffled a few feathers and i think that to write about you know settings where homosexuality isn't on issue i mean i think that that on the one hand is like positive reinforcement and i don't think that necessarily is paying a disservice to the fact that in reality now, like, we don't quite have that, and certainly if you are going to write a story where the, you know, that struggle is an issue, like a lot of Kyle's books are, uh, I admit that that's not really an issue. I tackle myself an awful lot, but that's just because the stories that I'm telling don't deal with that as a theme.
1: I, I just want to interject that um, I was very happy this week that we are getting closer to that kind of society with the federal government's reversal of yes. its handling of the Defense of Marriage Act in courts. So that was very cool. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Yay. And uh, didn't, uh, didn't Maryland make a decision on that, I heard?
1: Uh, I've not heard of decisions that have been handed down yet. Okay, because I, I heard, the, I heard that
2: Maryland had come forth that said that they were going to go along with that as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, which I guess brings us up to, what, four or five states now? or. Um, yeah, I don't know the exact tally. I'll have to look that up. I actually had a a couple of Canadians asking me, it's like, so how many of your states do allow gay marriage? And I'm like, not enough of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, just, I wanted to just
1: sort of say real briefly, I think it depends on the story you're trying to tell. If the story that you're trying to tell is about overcoming prejudice of any type, I think it would, then I think it's permissible to, or it's, you know, to your advantage to have a setting in which the gay relationships are viewed negatively, You could do a story about prejudice. Um, I'm trying to think. There was some some world where, like, gay relationships are fine, but interspecies relationships are frowned on. I, I, I write a lot like that, too. And so then you're kind of, you're using it as an analogy. But if the relationships are not the focus of the story... Then I think it's perfectly fine. And my our gay books are like that because I didn't want to make the relationships the focus of the story. So, just gay relationships are fine, and you just have to deal with the fact that you know if you're a noble, you have to have kids, and etc. So,
4: right? On. Okay. Um, my view is pretty much the same as theirs. Uh, I think it's what works for your universe. Uh, I don't really think it is a disservice to say, yeah, this is the relation. This is the way relationships in this world works, and. I don't think it's insulting or bad or anything. I think it sounds perfectly fine. If that's the story you want to tell, and those are the types of what the characters are doing, that sounds great. You know? It's the stories you want to tell, and I think the focus for your FBA stuff has always been on the game and the drama in the game, not on the drama of some random issue like that. I I just don't see this as a a thing that you need to worry about myself.
3: Um, Siani? Yeah. If... If the sto- i mean, I'm going to agree with—I know this is a complete like unanimous vote at this point. Uh, if th- if it doesn't matter for the story, if the story isn't about that, then there really isn't a problem with making it acceptable. Like I—I've written about the it's—it's it's more a big deal that you're interracial or interspecies, however you want to term it, uh, or the fact that you're noble and you have to deal with it. You have to continue the blue blood line. If the question, if the conflict isn't, I'm gay or being gay is difficult, or being gay could potentially ruin my entire life, it it doesn't matter what the, what the world is at that point. I'd like to say Thousand Leaves. I think is the one you're talking about. Um,
4: in that one, it was interspecies relationships are a bit frowned upon, and I don't think anyone actually gave a much of a quirked eyebrow to gay relationships. I think the same thing uh, for Seventh Chakra true.
1: too. Yeah. Um, Uh, I want to say sort of as a real-world analogy to that, um, I had a friend telling me about a friend that she knew um, who was Jewish and gay. And his family were actually not as concerned about the fact that he was dating another guy as about the fact that he was dating a Gentile. That was the big deal. Like that's and this will be a a mild spoiler but i hope it intrigues people that's the
3: premise of my story for fortune teller's poem
2: Ah, okay well there you go uh i had a a japanese friend who was uh he was dating a korean guy and he goes i don't know which of those two things are making my ancestors roll in their grave more
3: Uh, yes I'm sorry not for fortune tellers for another anthology but no. like I've, I've written I, I wrote that story where it's yeah, we don't really care that you're gay but why are you dating a Christian right thank you very much really sure. appreciate thanks it thanks
1: for the question good one next who else is out there with a question Husky Husky there in the back ask a question Husky is wearing an awesome bow
4: tie and vest combination bow ties are cool and I'm glad you're wearing it
5: there's a bellhop at the concierge. He's got a fez. Somebody needs to steal that for me, because fezes are cool.
4: I think that's where your fez went, Siani. Don't make yeah, me kill yeah, your fez an yeah,
1: Alpha By Mee's the way, on my, my
3: fez disappeared this morning.
1: Maybe an eagle took it.
3: That's possible. They are bastards. <laughs> they are. It's, no, no, it's, yeah. It
1: smelled fox
3: all over his face. So it might be the bellhop. The bellhop might have my fez. Okay. The bellhop's an
5: eagle. Run, everyone! <laughs> run! <laughs> I, I do kinda have a question though, because a lot of the a lot of the stories, even though they're taking a past in an alternate future in a future or in an alternate universe where furry people are real, how much of our responsibility is it to portray gay relationships in a sort of way that most of us the readers can relate to them? Because I know for myself that I've been in my fair relationships that I kinda wish go the way of these works go. But have not worked out the way that they go. And I do wish sometimes that the acceptance could go to the level that the works are on, but I realized that it's kind of unrealistic to expect it to go that way. So where do you draw the line of the realism versus versus this is kind of how it is in the real world and you can relate to it as a reader. Yeah.
2: Like most of my stories that are about (laughs) gay relationships take place within the gay community. And so it's like, okay, like, you know, you have like, you know, gay man dating another guy and you know, Like we have in the real world, like okay, like most of their friends are gay. And so like within like the microcosm of the story, like the actual like nature of the fact that like this is like what our relationship is like, uh, like I don't really usually like pull the camera lens out that far to show how this reacts with the rest of the world. It's more I tend to keep things really close to the characters, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's more about okay, like like, what is it about this relationship that is interesting? What What is it about this relationship that is causing the conflict more than what is it about this gay relationship that's doing this? Like, the fact that it happens to be gay is more just for the audience and, and not... the
1: kind of relationship that you're familiar with. Yeah, you know.
2: and which isn't to say that I haven't written and don't write about, you know, straight relationships, too, or that, you know, I'd, you know think they're less interesting because that's certainly not true i mean as a consumer of mass media there's certainly a lot more straight romance and straight relationships to be exposed to than gay ones and and, and part of the know. point i think is of that is that gay relationships deal with the same problems oh, and yeah. the same issues and the same conflict that straight relationships oh yeah it's do. like oh like we're having communication issues somebody i think somebody's cheating on me like oh like you know like things aren't working out and i don't know how to approach it i've I found someone else's sock in his sock drawer. Uh, my socks have the little like elastic band that keeps it up. And one day I was going through the socks and found one that didn't have those. <laughs> you know where I was going. I do. Yep. That's one of my favorite movies. Well,
4: if I could say something, yeah. Um, I think part of your question is uh, that it kind of deals with the oh hey these are gay. This is a gay relationship. I'm reading in a book and I'm a gay person and um, I can relate to this a bit more. And uh, I want to see these stories because when I see straight couples, I'm having a little more trouble understanding the relationship. Uh, or I'd like to see something that's a little more familiar to me, that seems more realistic to me. So um, I think there's a bit of that in the question. Um, <clears throat> I think when it comes to the responsibility of, uh, of portraying a relationship, um, it really comes down to the author has to make the choice of, Are they trying to be responsible to the story and what they want to say in that story or to the responsibility to, you know, portray things in a more realistic fashion or in a more positive fashion, just in case some straight people are reading it? Um, Just in case?
1: Just in case, you know. Straight people do read. I've been told this. I I have been
4: told
1: this, yes. They Um, they
2: use our alphabet. They read our words.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. They've broken the
2: alphabet code? They, they, they a to the Z. They,
1: they do have they do have their own words for some things, but yeah, but yeah. they, they, they generally work? understand our. They, books. they
3: know what a Captain Crunch is at Starbucks. I see. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, Captain
2: Crunch at Starbucks is good uh, shit. I
3: know. I know.
2: <laughs> well, I'm that's gonna, on the I, secret menu, by the way. For those of you what? who don't know. There there's, there are people looking quizzically
3: at us. Go to a Starbucks and order a Captain Crunch.
2: You will not regret it. Yeah. Uh, unless you're it, diabetic, it, then don't then order you'll one. die. Uh, you will die yeah. from that drink. Yeah, but oh but God. Uh, Just on a general
5: me. note, if you're a Captain Crunch in Amsterdam, it's an entirely different <laughs>
2: thing. <laughs> or a, what is it, a, nice. r- a Rusty
1: Venture. Nice. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Sony, uh, do you have anything on that before
3: y- I. Sure. Uh, it. For the, for the question of realism and the question of connection, uh, it, it's a question of, of conflict. I mean, is the conflict religious? Is the conflict racial or species? Is the conflict that you were gay or that you thought you were straight and then something happened and suddenly there's all that going in there? Your mate it, is an android. <laughs> or your mate is an android. Or an eagle stole your mate
1: and...
2: <laughs> We're just gonna call this. Your your, your 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 mate secretly in love with an eagle. Yes. Yeah, your mate is secretly and, and he belongs to a a subculture of people that secretly dress up in eagle suits. <laughs> <laughs> and they they pallet on an RP on eagle mock. <laughs> oh no! And and then and they, they like together and, a and then they snatch foxes. <laughs> um, so I, so I was totally yellowstoning with my mate. Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs>
3: Uh, finish,
1: finish your train of thought if you, if you can I'm trying, I'm
3: trying to get back on the wine is not helping okay uh, but if the con- if there will always be conflicts that any person relates with more depending on their personal experiences if it's well if it's family especially family because that's something that I, I realize a lot of uh, gay adults have to deal with is if it's not in the story you might not connect to it as well If it is, you'll connect
2: to it so much more. But it's a question of, is that the conflict? Also, the thing is, like, gay, straight, bi, you know, racial issues notwithstanding, everyone has a family. So everyone can sort of relate to those issues.
1: Um, Yeah, so sort uh, sort of related to that. But my answer to the question is, from my personal standpoint, I try to write the world that I think is possible as I wish it would be people read books to see themselves, but also to escape. And I think writing something that's too tied to a realistic world is not as enjoyable for most people as a, as an escape, not only in the sense of, Oh, Hey, it's a world where everyone is walking, talking to animal people and, you know, and whatever. But also in the sense that these problems that we're facing do have positive resolutions, do have positive outcomes, and there are things that we can do to make those a part of our lives. And these are characters that are overcoming those goals, or overcoming those obstacles to reach their goals. One of the sort of consequences that I have not expected from writing Waterways and Out of Position in Isolation play is people taking those stories to heart and making changes in their own lives because they believe from the stories that positive change is possible, that these things can happen. One person wrote me after Isolation Play to say that after he finished it, he did something that he had not done in five years. He picked up a phone and called his mom, ended up having lunch with her and introducing her to his boyfriend, who she'd never met. And this was all just. Uh, this was not something that I could possibly have imagined when I wrote the book. Is that people would take it to heart? But I believe for me that I mean that makes it worthwhile to write the world that um, that I would like to see. And there's people out there making it real.
3: There, there was a because uh, uh, I I read about the, a lot of my books break will break down to the question of faith and sexuality where i i got a letter a, f- a few months ago of someone who not uh had reconnected with their family after reading them and reconnected with their faith which surprised me in that they thought that their there was irreconcilable differences between their faith and their sexuality that there was no bridge between them and then they Sent me a letter and said the books had helped, mm-hmm.
1: and that's. <clears throat> I think a lot of times we build up these walls around ourselves in our lives, and a lot of people, uh, and especially that's the case with gay people, and so I think books, uh, from from my perspective, and clearly this is, you know, just my view, and your mileage may vary, et cetera. But um, just to write these sort of more hopeful stories gives people a chance to see beyond the walls that they put up to where they say, you know, I could never come out to my family because they would disown me. And a lot of people believe that. And a lot of I'm not saying all those people are wrong but I think many of them are. I think family bonds are stronger than most people give them credit for. And isolation play has a lot to do with family. Um, Waterways had a lot to do with family. And I think it just, it showed people that um it doesn't have to be that way and here is someone else who thought these same things and it wasn't necessarily true. Uh I do not necessarily recommend that you take the specific measures that my characters take in isolation play. <laughs> <laughs> that, that goes
3: for me too. Like
1: um
5: that's my um just as a follow up question i mean i've i've read plenty of of your works i've read you know 7th chakra out of position save the day seeing spots and i always wonder do you guys keep in mind that a lot of people are going to read these books and at one point or another realize that do you guys figure that someone's going to take anything out of these books do you have a moral to tell with any of these books whether to deal with religion whether to deal with their parents whether to deal with coming out whether to come out with oneself and be okay with it and realize that there's something you want to tell here there's something there's a lesson that you want to show there's a narrative that you want to tell and maybe there's a part of insight that you want to tell your audience is there any part of that that's come out while oh. you're writing this
2: I, i'll oh sorry, yeah. sorry.
5: Okay. Yeah, I I can I, I realize
3: that that there is a there is a point where the uh, the opinion of the author doesn't matter, but I'd like to think that the majority of the time, if you come out, your your family will still care about you, and you can re- reconcile any faith you had before realizing you were gay with after you were gay, or after you came to terms with that and i realize a lot of what i write is about faith these can go hand in hand
2: yeah i was going to say like just in general like whenever i write a story whether it's like a longer piece or if it's just a short story i always intend for there to be a a takeaway for the reader whether it's like an object lesson or like you know a moral uh, to show and I never want that to be a bad thing to take away where like you know like if I'm writing a story where like you know like somebody is cheating on someone I don't want the moral of the story to be hey sometimes you can cheat on your boyfriend and get away with it and they'll never find out and it's okay like that's that's not the kind of thing I want like people to take away from my stories um but you know and th- and this is one of the things that I think people have a hard time grasping on the surface is that I think it's possible to tell a story that includes sexuality, that uses sexuality as a literary technique, but can serve the purpose of being... A story, and not just you know arousal material, mm-hmm. and, uh, and especially with my work, it's like I I don't I honestly don't think my own work is particularly arousing or erotic, uh, and like nine times out of ten, uh, that doesn't seem to like that's just by itself that's not all that interesting to me. Um to sort of build off of what people were saying before, like you know where where Kyle was talking about you know things like oh isolation plays, you know, inspiring people to you know get back in touch with my families or their families rather uh sorry uh, I think two of I think two of my strongest stories are uh stray and pictures of you, and the one of the lessons that I think is you know something to take away from both of those stories among other things but one of the things that the, you know those two stories have in common is one of the lessons is you know just because you make a mistake in a relationship and just because you mess up doesn't mean that you know you're suddenly somehow like beyond redemption, or just because you slip up once suddenly everything is ruined. Because I think a lot of popular culture and a lot of media, especially like love stories and you know, like romantic comedies, sort of seem to hinge on the belief that like if you don't do everything perfectly, then you have blown your chance, and that like everything's ruined forever. And that's or at least not one true. of the characters in the movie has to believe that. Right. And as soon as they screw up, they're like, oh, I screwed up. She's never gonna love me. I'm gonna yeah. go eat. Worms,
3: And then here's the next 30 minutes of that movie.
2: Right. (laughs) Right. And like, you know, both of these stories sort of have elements where it's like, okay, like, you know, characters you know, have made what is, you know, categorically like the wrong decision to make. But, you know, afterwards it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, okay, you messed up, but... That doesn't make you a terrible person. That doesn't mean that you've ruined your life or your relationship because of it. And I think that's a you know, I think that's a good lesson for people to learn because a lot of people that I have known in real life sort of like treat relationships as like, you know, a black and white thing. Shot. Yeah, exactly. It's like and if you like mess up that one time, bam, relationship over, you know, go back, you know, proceed directly to go, do not collect two hundred dollars, you know. Um and I
1: I think sort of from my perspective I do feel that responsibility in my writing, but I don't think I feel it necessarily too much differently than I feel it in my life. Um, I feel like I have a responsibility to myself and to the people around me to be a good person, to live a good life, and I like to think that that comes across in my writing and in the the messages and the, the lessons that my characters learn, because a lot of times the lessons that they learn, taken and abstracted, are taken from lessons that I've learned, and lessons that I've kept with me to try to live my life better so I'm not consciously writing stories that say this is a better way to live your life but I'm writing stories that are hopefully interesting that present a positive outlook and one of the things that I tell people a lot people will write and say oh your story gave me the strength to blah 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 your story helped me do blah 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 and I try to say back that strength came from you this action came from you, the story may have shown you that it was possible. It may have, you know, shown you the bridge, but you took the steps onto that bridge. I didn't do any of that. And every work, every every work of, of art, whether it's a drawing or a book or a story or a play or a movie, is a collaboration between the author and the reader. And what the author gives is the story on paper. But the reader takes that and constructs their own story out of it. The reader brings you can you can argue about the amount I like to say it's about fifty fifty because the reader's constructing stories from their own experiences and the way they relate to the story and so whatever actions they take as a result of having read a story of mine, all I can do is be the best example that I know how to be. I'm not trying to write my stories to teach people to do something. I'm trying to say. This is how I view the world. This is how I like to do things. If you are inspired to go out and do things, if you then that's that comes from you. Whatever good people take from my stories and do, that comes from them. And uh, I mean that's so that's the responsibility I feel, I think. Unless you as the reader interpret the story wrong. Yes.
3: Uh Catching the Rye tells me to kill people. Yeah. Uh, well, like,
1: mostly because it's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, disclaimer: like, I have not read Catcher in the Rye.
3: <laughs> well, like, j- like jokes aside, the we've we we've all probably gotten emails of you gave me the strength to came to come out,
1: right? Uh, and that's that's actually uh, from stuff I've, I've talked to other like queer authors, and yeah. they say for pretty much any book you write that has a good coming out story yeah. or coming out theme or positive portrayal of a gay relationship You'll it's, get that. it's not uncommon to reach someone who just grabbed at that book and saw something in it
2: mm-hmm. and someday I'll get a message saying that I've convinced somebody to come out as a dimension crossing time traveler <laughs> I gave them the strength to admit that to people
1: you, you gave someone the strength to take a job as a pizza delivery boy <laughs>
3: oh, oh and, and boy can they take it unfortunate
2: <laughs> wink
3: <laughs> but like I mean when we get when we get those e- those emails or those letters or those p- or people coming up at a convention and saying you gave me I was like M- my comment and it might be and it seems to be the same for you is no the work inspired you which is good but this had nothing to do with me this was you going if it works for these characters I can take a chance
5: right so Hopefully yeah. and uh one last question simply because of self indulgence. I know everybody gets these emails, but what is the weirdest pairing of slash you've gotten for any of your fiction? Oh, I people
1: people don't people don't tell me um
3: Oh,
2: I, I get those all the time.
1: I didn't get an email. <laughs> yeah, you do. I sent you two emails
5: last week.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> My, on, the, on the printed out manuscript of an earlier draft of Isolation Play, I... Uh, he, su- he suggested two slash parents. And, and then he said, and, and I told him, I'm like, look, if you're not going to write these two characters in bed together, I'm going to write them for you. And I so said, Go ahead. if anyone wants to read isolation play fan fiction watch my uh my accounts for the next couple of months there's a there's a certain uh wolf quarterback who I think needs some loving, and uh I know who's there to give it to him wink. <laughs> Oh for, I, re- oh, for real! My my dude doesn't believe that I'm for real. Uh, I'm for real. You are <laughs> for real. I'm for real, real, not
5: for
4: play play. Well, in my case, I actually haven't gotten any emails about people writing
1: to say they've got they've gained strength from my book. And um, <laughs> in it, your case, I'd be worried if they said that because it would be like I found a radioactive copy of your book and I gained lots of strength and now I can flip cars. <laughs> go me.
2: <laughs> well, go you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, just real quick for both the audience and people listening at home, I I just told my dude what my pairing idea is and he righteously approves. <laughs> Excellent. Go
4: dudes. So yeah, I haven't dude's gotten that call. email and I haven't gotten any weird pairings. The only pairing that I've gotten is the same one that everyone asks me to do um, between a certain husky and a wolf so yeah dude no no, Every- no
2: no love for metal yina come on
4: yeah it's strange no one wants the bisexual to you know get some action but a D- uh,
2: straight guy definitely all right I officially re- on, officially on. requesting metal yina slash uh, okay oh, oh really yeah okay cam cam i have something for you after the uh, okay
3: after the guest uh <laughs> oh god <laughs> you did what now you'll see you'll see ah. uh Okay, all so right. no weird pairings on my part. Siani, your turn. All right. I get emails all the time of why didn't X and Y character have sex. Uh-huh. Okay. And I was like, well, that character's straight. That doesn't change the fact they should have sex, is the email that I get. Be that as it may, yeah. I want them to bone each other. Yeah, now. seriously. I get those emails all the time. And I assume, I assume it's because, well, this character doesn't have any sex scenes. Right. Therefore, I'd like to. Them, I'd like for them to have them.
1: Yeah. Come to think of it, most of the emails that I get that propose weird parents are not like this character slash this character. They're mostly me slash this character. <laughs> I, I, I will say I don't
3: get those. I get
1: this yeah. character. This this character
3: who doesn't have sex scenes and this character that does.
2: Yeah. No. Please get, combine I get, them. I get them. Like the oh, you, you already know the me slash this character I want from your stories, Kyle. Oh yeah, I know. I know like three of them. Hello, boots. Like uh, three. Oh yeah. Uh we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> None of them are eagles, right? <laughs> again, full no,
3: circle. That's like the third full um, circle of this <laughs> podcast.
1: I'm just trying to imagine an eagle swooping down on the back of an otter. Ah, now. there we go, circling oh, try- like an
3: eagle, yeah, yeah and I'm, then
4: carrying oh. the otter up for a lovely, lovely meal. Man,
1: I can never listen to the Steve Miller Band again. That's oh, you've ruined oh. Steve Miller Band for me too, oh. and the Eagles.
2: All right. The Eagles
1: were really well. The Eagles long at least ago. don't sing their name and everything. I'm, go- so I can I'm just gonna, say, "Oh, it's Glenn Fry and Don Henley I'm and going, that band." I'm going
2: to have to just listen to a whole crapload of Boston after this. Oh yeah, kid is kid is threatening to yank the
1: microphone cords out now. So uh, we would like to thank everybody for coming here instead of going to do the Time Warp. Um, I would like to thank our guests, Siani and Zia, for contributing their time, expertise, and voices. Uh, I would like to thank our dude for providing the Imperial Cane Sugar Dr. Pepper. I'm sorry, Imperial Pure Cane Sugar Dr. Pepper. From Dublin. And I would like to thank Dublin it's Texas Dublin. for making it. Um, it's
2: pointless, mindless vandalism. And. <laughs>
1: You're Irish.
2: <laughs>
5: I love the Irish.
2: <laughs> They're simply mad. <laughs>
1: um, sorry. One of the one apologies of the, to everyone in Ireland. <laughs> one of the one of the characters in the books I'm in the book I just finished the draft of is Irish, so I like to be able to say all of his lines in the kind of the, the little Irish lilt because he grew up in New York, but he still got the Irish lilt to him. So it's uh quite nice. Kit likes when I do that too. If, um, we ever need, if
2: we ever need Scottish, we can have emergency fuzz wolf. If uh, yes, he can do that quite well. Oh, emergency Scottish. He
3: comes in on a parachute in case of haggis break glass.
1: Um, if you guys are listening, we are um, we are doing live shows in the future at uh, WonderCon in San Francisco. Um, <laughs> That's Rocky, it. <laughs> rain first. Well, yeah, at least rain first. Rain first uh, in Seattle. And uh, Fuzzwolf and I will be doing uh, some kind of recorded media presentation, which I believe tentatively we're calling "Not Sheathed," <laughs> um, in which we're going to talk w- with or without a K. Those are two very important distinctions. <laughs> um, it's Schrodinger's K. Oh. Uh, the act of observing the name changes it. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, I don't know, relationships and writing and uh, gray muzzle stuff about how the fandoms changed and it ain't as good as it used to be.
2: Oh god. Um, I had a gray muzzle conversation earlier kids, today. Damn kids get off my fursuit. Like I had a gray muzzle conversation earlier today and it just made me sad. See, it is over thirty. Oh no, somebody is like, What's gray muzzle? Like twenty five? And I was like Aww. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my funky juice Aww. in your face if you say that again. <laughs>
1: Um, juice. Anyway, if you want to send us an email, the email is unsheathedpodcast at gmail.com um, Closing. Uh, where? Yeah, yeah. These guys. Where can people find your works? furplanet.com or any given Fur Planet table at your local convention. And where can people find you online? Oh, um, Aren't I you say that? You don't have to, but where's I'll it, say it if you where's don't. Where's the Zia? Uh, at?
4: I'm gonna be good with that. Go ahead. Zia McCorgie five 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 on Twitter. Yeah, that's good. Okay, we'll go with that one. Your
3: turn. Okay. Uh, you can get all, all my books at Furpoint. He also has top really
1: top. embarrassing stuff online if you search for it. Uh, That's yes,
3: entirely yes true. Uh,
2: Via the big fan of the Green Lantern.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> In brightest day and darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's ah. might be where my power. Green, green Lantern's, lantern's
3: light. light. Yes. Sit back. Sit back.
2: Cut his <laughs> mic off. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my dude has just suggested that this is my Oa face. I think that oh, like Z is the only person groaning at that. Right. No, I got
3: it too, and it hurts. <laughs> uh, there's a ow brain. Then you're right there Flash. All right. Uh, you can follow me at uh, on Furfinity at uh, Ciani, C Y A N N I, uh, on Twitter at A-Ciani. uh Facebook for Aciani, and I, yeah, and LiveJournal
2: at Aciani. I think.
1: Okay. So consistency is good KM's better about being consistent than I am
2: yeah I'm super easy I am just KM Harasaki at FA Live Journal and Twitter
1: and uh, you guys all know where to find me just look for kylegold.com and I have all my stuff linked off there thank you he has thank a fact too by the way I check do. out his
2: fac before
1: you bother him I have a big fact. <laughs> um,
3: it's so full of wisdom
1: full of something Um, Thank you, Kit, also, for lugging the equipment here and setting everything up. And thank you to Furry Fiesta for allowing us the time and space. Um, Guardian, who was here but may not be here anymore, uh, helped us set up the room. And we have these amazing lights. We are, as somebody noted, the best lit audio presentation, (laughs) um, I think, in a long time. Um, Thank you, and uh, good night from Texas, and keep writing. (laughs)
2: Doo doo doo